Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Jeff. How about you? Yeah, not bad. A nice, uh, we'll just go with restful morning so far. Restful. <laughs> but yes, I have not rested, but I am resting now, so we're just going to roll with that. So. Okay. We are already in the second week of May. Where's the time going? I know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's good, man. Um, did you have a good May the 4th? And I always like, you know, everyone would say Revenge of the 5th, but I always say the Revenge of the 5th of Tequila because, you know, it's <laughs> also Cinco de Mayo, so you could always kind of mix the two. Yeah. Well, that was good. You know, I didn't do any any sipping, no no Mexican food or anything like that. So, but it was good. Both days were good. Awesome. I uh, I got a head start on both uh, mm-hmm. on the third because I knew the fourth and fifth would be kind of busy. Uh, yeah. I watched New Hope while eating a burrito. That's how I kind of trying to represent the two, I guess. But yep. But we're all good over here, man. Uh, so far, we're adapting to the new schedule for um, for the kids as far as their extracurriculars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I was thankful because after we finished recording last week, I was able to finally go see John Wick Chapter 4. So finally. Good. Yes, I was very excited. I, I didn't know what to do. Wow, matinee show on a Monday? Oh, okay. It's been a minute. Right. So, it was a great New opportunity. I, yeah, it was great. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was exhausted for him. <laughs> yeah, he went through it. <laughs> so I made this observation to York because York had already seen it. So I said, I could finally talk about it. I said, I, I said, this is going to sound really ridiculous. But how is it they open the movie with him punching the board with the rope on it? Mm-hmm. You know, like he's practicing fighting and, you know, just, but then <laughs> I said, but at no point after that scene, do we ever see him use his fist for fighting? <laughs> he's like, that's, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> that's true. I said, I said, and then I got thinking about it more later because I was thinking the rope. Okay. Well, the rope, you know, it's going to itch. It's going to hurt in that. The point of him doing that was not to was not to better his fighting, but to get used to pain in that it becoming kind of like Batman. You know, just get numb to to, you get numb to pain and you just work your body works through it. Yeah. So that's my rationale. I use the Batman rationale for John Wick in that use the pain to help numb it to where your brain doesn't focus on your body hurting and that you just keep pushing through the only explanation I could come up with that. But then you have adrenaline. Exactly. <laughs> that does the same thing. That does the same thing. But you know, usually adrenaline drops after about 30 seconds, 15 True. to 30 seconds, your adrenaline dump depletes. And then your, you know, your Oh shit factor kind of kicks in. Yeah. All the pain um, hits at once. Like, oh. Yes. Yeah. His personal experience from that. <laughs> I don't run after people anymore. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I mean, one of many reasons, but that's definitely a primary one. Um, but no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that scene in the, that was the other thing. I, as much as I absolutely loved the scene in that, I would say abandoned building, mm-hmm. the lights were all on in this abandoned building throughout these various different rooms, you had the lamps and the light fixtures and like halfway decent furniture, not like run down, but it, the building looked itself did, but the set design looked less run down and you, know, you still have light fixtures on. I'm like, who's paying this bill? <laughs> I'm focusing on the wrong things, but the, the sequence itself was phenomenally shot. I loved it's in, ingenuity and mm-hmm. fresh take on how to shoot an action sequence 
by using the same technology that they use for football games. Yeah. Using the same style camera that gets those aerial shots is the exact same uh, type of cameras. I thought that was a very impressive and very uh, new way to present an action to you know show an action scene. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I was kind of sad that they didn't use it at least one or two times more. Yeah. I mean, not enough that you're like, okay, we get it. But at least another one would be like, oh, cool, they're doing this again. Yeah, and they probably could have used it. This was before that, you know, the scene with the cars driving around. That would have been a cool yeah. time to, to use that yeah, too. Either, yeah, either at the either that scene or shortly after with the 200-step staircase. Yeah. That would have been a good one too. But, True. I mean, that one still shot really well and choreographed. All the chore. I mean, the one thing – you can never knock a John Wick movie for it's its fight choreography. True. Especially I when mean, your director's is, a stunt oh coordinator. Stunt exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do feel that Donnie Yen's starting to get typecast, though. It was kind of like he was running through a lot of his previous this, moves. Yeah. Yes. And because I, 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 I recently watched um, Rogue One. So yeah. when his character's introduced and he's fighting, it's like the same way he started in John Wick. I was like, yeah. dang, they just copied and pasted it. So yeah, it's more like much. more like just more of an honoring homage. his move. Yeah. Yeah. Giving homage to his fighting mm-hmm. technique, especially the yeah. quick punches and oh yeah. I was, like, I, I was like, awesome. And I just yeah. finished watching It Man, so I was like, Yes. So it's still fresh. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, oh my god, we got Daredevil. I said I think I texted you, I go, this is the best Daredevil movie I've seen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a shame he's on the wrong side though. <laughs> and then I was like, oh dang. Oh, so John Wick's now Gambit. Okay. Because we're in that little scene yeah. and the guy he's going up against look like Kingpin. I'm like, okay, just, yeah. and I didn't know until ripoffs. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know until afterwards who it was. I'm like, like, how is he going to fight? And hit that roundhouse kick. I was like, Oh, so after I watched, I looked it up. Like, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. It yeah. was a great movie though. Great movie. I mean, I, I hated that. I took me so long to get to, you know, finally watch it, but I'm, yeah, I was happy if, that I was able to see it in theaters because yes, a big old screen. If I could have seen it in IMAX, I would have been happy. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's what happens. True, but still, it was it was yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, but I did feel like it was just wave after wave, like a wave. Of it was break wave, yeah. and just got more complicated each time. Right, and you're like, well, he doesn't talk a whole lot. He, bro, doesn't yeah. have a chance. No, he's all about that action. He got to be. Yeah. He has to be. Yeah. But you're going to get these these gunshots to the head. Yep. Well, Winston. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it was. And to think this all started because somebody killed his dog. Like, I think he'd have been cool if they just stole his car. He'd been all right. But the fact that you stole the dog that his wife, who was dead, sent mm. him so he doesn't have to mourn. That was the breaking point. That was the catalyst. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Just like, mm. it's crazy. Crazy. Folks going to learn are. about messing with people's dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question, okay? We, the movie leaves you with questions. Yes. Won't get into any, I'm not even going to get into questions regarding our lead character. Yeah. Bec- um, but I am going to get into, I do want to ask, though, what are your thoughts about since HBO Max is, you know, doing the show on the Continental? I think it's HBO. One of the streaming services is doing a, one of them at least is doing the Continental as a mm-hmm. as a show. Are we safe to assume Winston's going to be in it? As it's possible. The yeah, I mean, I would think so. Depending on what time frame. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. It's supposed to take place. Granted. Agreed. And is. Nobody, which I think, come on, man, you had to come up with a different name because we're they're already using it, the Fast and Furious. They're already using it in another ridiculous over-the-top franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, do you think his character is going to be one of the main characters? I don't know. I mean, again, it depends on what I think they, they set it up to where I think they could. They could. They could. I mean, because um, like when, I first, when I first showed him, I was like... He instantly had I Am Legend in my mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had I, a dog. I, I was like, oh, him and Holly Berry ought to, ought to meet. Right. Then I was thinking, did something happen to her character? And maybe this is a relative that's coming. Because yeah. he, he's focusing on John. Like, yeah. why? 
Why? I mean, it's John Wick. Why would you want to mess with him? <laughs> right. Who, exactly. who just targets him? For money. So, like, right. for money. I'm like, I don't think he got enough. Yeah. So I, I still, like, I mean, even towards the end, I'm like, bro, that's still not enough. No, no. I mean, because that's when I. Greedy. I ain't trying to be greedy. I'm just trying to tell you, like, you know, his market value is a lot higher than that. <laughs> True. So that's why I was thinking, like, is he, like, Halle Berry's character relative and something yeah. happened to her and maybe right. he's getting some vengeance, but they don't really go into it. He's they don't just, go to any of it. No, he's just a random guy who tracks yeah. John Wick. He's just, yeah. Yeah. Good tracker. But, but he was, it was good. He was a good character. Like, yeah. I was just, I was kind of thinking, like, if they took him out, would it change things? Exactly. Yeah. Also, they, uh, Apparently there was a post credit scene that I didn't stick around for because I didn't know about it, but uh, I guess it has to deal with one of the other characters' daughters. Yeah, and so I'm of course like, maybe she'll be the main character of the show, and that's what the show. Because yeah. I'm just assuming half of this stuff is just a setup for whatever the show is going to wind up being. Yeah, but I could be wrong. That's true. I mean, or maybe some more spinoffs with characters they'll follow. That's, and that's what I was thinking too. It could be just a setup for a spinoff. So. Yeah. It's open. Either which would be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And either which would be fine. You can get a back. You get a movie on the backstory of Donnie Yen's character. <laughs> oh, or a series. No doubt. You know, if you want. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. They have plenty of options of what to do. Yep. Yep. And they set up a great world, I guess you could say. So. We still got that um, prequel coming, Ballerina. Yeah. So. so. We'll see. Yep. Um, but I was. I was. Definitely impressed. Not that I ever thought I wouldn't be. So done really well. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I haven't really had time <laughs> to just yeah. busy doing other stuff. Um, it was good though. Um, how are things with y'all? You good? Uh, things are good here. Um, my mom still every so often goes in with the family of the woman she sat with and just kind of helping them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, niece is getting older. She has <laughs> some crazy things she say, you know, four year old, she'll be five this year. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, one of the classes that Kyla took is kind of like college level. So she mm-hmm. finished that. That's done. She won't have to worry about that till next, next year. And she has the option. If she wants to, she can graduate in December. <laughs> Oh wow! But she's, she, but she wants to um, just finish out her full senior year. Yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. But like, at least you got the option. So if you decide, yeah. like, yeah, she could do like work. She could always do like, I don't know, they still do like work study where they mm-hmm. like last two hour, like last two hours. Yeah. So we'll see. I told her like, got the option. Yeah. <laughs> might might be might by the time be ready. Yeah. True story. But um, other than that, things are good. <laughs> getting, it's crazy. You have to think about it because we're, you know, we're not too far away. We're Knockwood, two months away from our four-year anniversary, and mm-hmm. just you know the amount, the, you know, the type of movies we started covering, you know, with our kids compared to what we're covering now, it yeah. is definitely a spectrum, and we've definitely have covered quite a quite a large spectrum at that. It's true. It's just crazy. So. Now yours is close to graduating. Mine's about to be in junior high, and Grayson's about to be in third grade. I mean, <laughs> time is just flying, and too much. Everybody's growing. Yep. 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 Mine not as quickly as they would like, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, genetics kids. Yeah. <laughs> Condolences. <clears throat> All right, so we've only got one trailer this week. Uh, Dune Part Two. A boy becomes the messiah of nomads on a desert planet that has giant worms that protect a commodity called spice. Spice changes people into travelers, mystics, and madmen. What price will he pay to become the new ruler of their universe? So, yeah, part two is coming out. (laughs) Basically, we're just continuing where it left off. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. This is just the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, me not really doing my research, didn't realize it was going to be a two-parter. <laughs> yeah. When it got to that part in the movie, I'm like, wait, what? It's like, that's an odd thing to say. Yeah. Oh, credits. Oh. This is just So, uh, yeah. So this one comes out in November, November 3rd. Uh, 
new to the cast will be Austin Butler. So Elvis, bald Elvis, uh, or always whatever you call it, the little cap thing. Uh, Florence Pugh. Dave Bautista was in the last one. Uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. I need the spice. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it just. Uh, Leah Sado. Uh, Charlotte Rampling and Javier Bardem. So just another huge cast for Dune Part 2. Oh, goodness. But yeah, uh, you know me. I'll, of course, we're going to go see it. Yeah. yeah it's, of course, we're not, not going to go see it. But We'll see if I enjoy this one more than the last one. Every time I rewatch it, I'm like, I'm going to end up enjoying this more. I'm going to end up enjoying this more. And I'm like, no, it's still just okay for me. And I love that others have really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, some movies just are just not for me. And it that's okay. Great. <laughs> yeah, great it visually. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. Avatar. Visually, it looks amazing. True. I guess you kind of have to be, I guess, reader of the book, fans, and yeah. I don't know. I guess that's what it's more for them. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fine. <sighs> All right. Let's get into our feature presentation this week. This week, we, along with many, many others, <laughs> went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, rated PG-13 with a runtime of 2 hours and 30 minutes. This brings back our cast of, uh, our band of, band of misfits, I guess you yeah. would say. Band of Marvel misfits, there we go. Say that three times real fast. <laughs> so... Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own, uh, a mission that can mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. That's the the vaguest description. Basically, uh, if you watch the Christmas special, you know this has a little bit of ties to the second one, but more it kind of picks up after Endgame, and you know. Uh, because really the bit in Thor, Love and Thunder, really, I mean, you could almost pretend like it never, like this movie picks up as if that never even existed. Yeah, because I don't even mention it. They, the characters yeah. don't mention none of that. They don't. They don't. Um, yeah. And I was reading some articles where, you know, James Gunn wasn't too happy, <laughs> but he's appreciative of uh, Taika Waititi yeah. splitting them up. <laughs> so... You know, that way it makes what he does a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you don't have to worry about that continuity. You can just... Right. This is... Because Guardians have always been... Even though it does connect to other movies, it's always been its own kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But, yeah. So, this one picks up, you know, Quill's kind of depressed because he's drinking himself to stupor because he's still mourning the loss of Gamora because the one that is still... The Gamora that is still around is not is the one that is the Gamora before she meets Peter Quill. Yeah. So from that timeline, it's not, his and Gamora. not the one. Yeah. Yeah. What is Gamora? Who is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Yes. But yeah, it, it, and so the other team members are still, you know, are helping build up the city of nowhere or the, planet slash city of nowhere and trying to make it they're kind of like i guess not really the ambassadors more or less for the city but they're helping run the city yeah and make it you know a safe place safe haven for people to come to and live yeah. and in which you could see that during the christmas special especially the christmas special especially and <laughs> especially in the christmas special there we go here um there got there knew i would and so they're you know, trying to build together. Rocket's using Quill's uh, iPod, his 80 gig iPod that I used to have. Mm-hmm. Maybe not 80, but it's you know that the old version. And trying to use that. To, he's listening to music, and he's remembering, you know, his friends before he met up with the Guardians, and uh, of. He's a villain, but he's not a very good villain. We meet Adam Warlock. Yeah. 
He's kind of a bumbling idiot. <laughs> maybe it makes but me a baby. <laughs> yes. So Adam Warlock at the end of Guardians 2, one of the post credit scenes is like this little cocoon about to hatch, and it's Adam Warlock. Um, who can, who's gold because he's part of the, uh, starts the, with the sovereigns. Oh, the sovereign, yeah, it starts with the nest. Uh, it's part of the sovereign, so they're all gold, you know, skinned and everything. And it looks like he's got like an affinity stone in his head, kind of like vision, but it doesn't do anything, it's just in his head. But it's, yeah, decoration, you never see it, yeah, more or less. And you know, he flies in, attacks Rocket. And uh, Rocket gets injured, so you know, the team's trying to help save him. We find out there's some sort of like kill switch if you try to revive him or if you let him, you know, try to either use like basically like the uh, AED or Medipack, anything like that, it'll cause it like a self destruct type yeah. thing. So they're trying to figure out how they can save him, you know, from dying from his injuries after they more or less defeat Adam Warlock in a fight, but, you know, he flies off for another, he retreats and then, you know, fight him another day. Yeah. And he, you start learning, kind of uh, zooms in on Rocket and then goes to flashbacks. And you start to witness Rocket's origin story, which <clears throat> we will definitely, as we have posted, I think you and I both have posted, Almost the same. I think the same article even. Uh, There is a for people that have a hard time seeing animals being either abused or put it as Ruth puts it. She cannot. She can't watch a movie where animals are in any sort of peril or distress. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to word it. I think. Okay. So, which is why she has never seen John Wick, especially. Um, As I literally can fast forward through the first twenty minutes. And we just take off from there. I guess the idea of it just—I <laughs> I don't know. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Anyways, whatever. So she. So it's probably good that she stayed home yesterday and didn't go with us because I took both kids, mm-hmm. uh, one of York's friends, and then one of and then uh, one of the other kids and his dad from from martial arts joined us. So we had. Three, well, basically, I mean, Clint Grace and all four kids went to, you know, from martial arts and then uh, Cole's parents and then uh, Kingston's dad joined us. So it was great. We had a nice group. It was great. You know, everybody was enjoying it. And as soon as they got to that whole bit where they're showing them um, doing experiments on animals and everything. Now, mind you, all these animals are computer generated. They're all yeah. very, they're all CGI, but they all look fairly realistic yes and so just the idea of you know the scientists doing these experiments on these animals could may not if it's hard for you to watch stuff like that this movie may not be for you i'm gonna go ahead and let you know because there is quite a bit it's not like they just show it for like a couple of minutes at in one scene and then that's all you see no they flash back several different times true so that is something you're going to have, you know, people need to keep in mind whenever they go to watch this, because if that's something that uh, distresses you, this may not be the movie for you. Or when the flashbacks start, you know that you probably not go check your phone or go to the bathroom, get a refill your skin sessions, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the it's not that it's like super hard to watch, but it is uncomfortable. So, but thankfully, none of my, I mean, um, I thought Grayson would probably have a problem, but she didn't express any issues with it. So that's, that's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there is some of that in there. So that so kind of keep that in mind whenever you do watch this. Now, the movie's not entirely depressing. It is still a Guardians movie with its very witter, witty banter, it, mm-hmm. you know, cameos. Uh, of you know James Gunn's friends showing up, it's I mean it's a solid movie. It is very funny. It is very well done. Uh, the Guardians have, have end up having to go. That's the thing they have to go get because they have to go yeah. find the the code to turn off the 
the switch. The kill switch. Kill. Yep. So they uh, so it's the journey about trying to get to that. They of course then run into Gamora, and Quill still trying to having to revisit that again. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's good stuff, and they find out about the high evolutionary, who's the one that's the main big bad guy, and he's the one that basically sent Adam to go take out the Guardians because he needs Rocket because Rocket has a superior brain that none of the other and you know none of the other entities that he has worked on has been able to produce. So he needs Rocket's brain. True. Because Rocket escaped. And maybe a little smarter than him. <laughs> yes, a lot smarter. Quite a lot, yeah. Uh, so it's... It's a... Uh, the But yeah, the bad guy was... Whew, he was good. I, yep. Props. He he may give King a run for his money. <laughs> Although High Evolutionary was, was kind of easy to beat. Yeah, I mean, he's not as he, he's not able to like destroy timelines and whatnot. No, no. But but what he's able to do is pretty dangerous and yes, you know, he would um, people could probably take him down. <laughs> exactly, true. That's true. I mean, he ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, the acting. You know, of course, if you've you've watched uh, Peacemaker, he's in that as yeah. well. And um, but yeah, like I wasn't sure what to expect. Cause I know absolutely nothing about. High evolutionary, much yeah. like didn't know anything about the Guardians before the first movie. Yeah, but um, you know James James. Dare I say James Gunn was in his bag in this movie? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. And it's a step up from the second one because I didn't. Yes. I'm, I think a lot. I think it's safe to say that the second one's kind of one of those middle of the road. Yeah. Well, movies. It was, it was a dip. I mean, it's still good. Yeah. But it was a kind of a step. It down. wasn't as funny. It wasn't as funny. It, it lost of, uh, some of the witty the witty humor. Yeah, a lot of it felt kind of forced, yeah. or just didn't feel as natural. Like it just didn't. I think flow. that's a good way to. Yes. Yeah, because this one, this this comedy here felt more like the first, where yeah. everything was just natural and organic. Yes. Which I think it just kind of a testament to their chemistry being better yes. in this one. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? I had just had something escape me. Oh. Yeah. Dang it! I hate it when that happens. Uh. Yeah, it looked like they had a lot more fun in this one than that second one, too. And I don't know if it's because for a good half of the first one, they were separated. So you didn't have the, you know, you didn't have the full team together to kind of play off each other as much. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just really didn't like Ego as a character. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But something something just didn't click for you for that one. Yeah, for yeah. whatever reason, but yeah. but you know, I I loved you know like uh, all the good, all the good uh, like Cosmo. I loved Cosmo, played by uh, Maria Bakalova from yeah the second Borat movie, third Borat movie, third, oh, whatever one of them. <laughs> yeah, the one she won, the one she won Best Supporting Actress for. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, she voiced Cosmo, and I, I really liked that. Uh, care, character edition. So, Howard the Duck made a very brief appearance, but could have used a little bit more of that, I think. But that's that's cool. Yeah, would have been. Maybe, maybe he'll get a series. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but, you know, in the end, it it was a good, solid movie. It was yeah. two and a half hours. Um, it didn't For me, it didn't, even, it didn't really feel like it. it there it were just, times it kind of did for me. It did? Okay. Um, but it didn't feel it didn't it didn't feel it didn't feel like it dragged or anything. Um, everything seemed to flow flow well for me. But um, <clears throat> it's kind of crazy thinking this is probably the last Marvel movie that James Gunn directs. Yeah. Or, so if they do another Guardians, he more than likely won't be directing. Nope. And you know Zoe Saldana and um, Dave Bautista both expressed they don't wish to continue as the character. Right. Their their respective characters. And um. So it'll be interesting if they do another one. What will the team look like? You know, right. we kind of we kind of get different glimpses. Yeah, especially you know, in like, the <clears throat> post credit scene. Yep. Yeah, and um, like the beginning, they have their slow motion team walk at least twice, yeah. two or three times right. in this. Um, 
each time it's a different variation of the group. You know, the first one after Peter has pretty much drunk himself stupid yeah. and he passes out and Nebula's walking and all the team is walking with her and um, we get the title screen. Um, but it was just funny after that, just going back a little bit, um, you know, Rocket's like, so what you going to do about your friend, <laughs> you know, with Peter? It's like, like, why is it on me or Nebula? Yeah. Want to take respons- Nobody want to take responsibility for it right. because, you know, it's not the first time he's done it, apparently. And um, and one thing I found funny is they kept asking the question, you know, does Gamora remember this? And like, of course she doesn't. It's not the same Gamora. You know, he's yeah. like he's he's stuck on his Gamora and he keeps trying to, I guess, kind of butter her up to say, you know, maybe some point you'll find it in your heart to feel the same way as this other version. And then she had a scene where she just pretty much let it out. Like, look, I don't know how delusional what delusions you <laughs> yeah. have, but I am not who you think I am and I won't be. And she like lashes out at everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, damn, like, yeah, that's that's well, more from the first one before she joined the team. <laughs> yep. Well, and she she's like, you're it's like she's more like you than than I am referring to Neville. And he's like, yeah, and she's like, what? Us? Nope. Don't and he's like, yeah, this. whatever. And he's like, he's like, your eyes look really black. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, your eyes look that's a really pretty color of black. And my father took him out and replaced him. <laughs> I, I thought maybe they were going to try to he, kind of did force that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God. He's like, please don't. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good moments, like you know, Mantis and Drax banter back and forth, and yeah. they that that conversation about his um his intelligence. Yes. You know, Mantis yeah. defends him. He's like, man, I don't think I like the way you're defending me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, stupid. It's like, it's like, am I? You think I'm stupid? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, dang. But I mean, he, I mean, at least she's honest. She's not lying. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, he's got other great qualities. Just that's not yep. the strongest. Um. Same. Co- I feel like I've lived this entire conversation. <laughs> I'm, oh, I was like, I was like, I'm feeling seen and attacked at the same time. I don't know if I like either one. Man, but yeah. I mean, it just shows how relatable. Even though these are fictional characters, there you can still relate to them in ways. Oh yeah, because we've all gone through breakups. We've all felt, um, you know, not accepted or not as smart as we'd like to be, or you know, not not seen. Basically, we're not seen. Yeah, because Mantis basically like. Nobody pays attention to me. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we've all had those moments. Um, yeah. And I think another thing that helps this movie, you know, when, of course, when James Gunn got fired initially by Disney, you know, all the cast pretty much stepped up and, you know, fought for him. Like, you need to bring him back. Yeah. And so it kind of showcases in this that they really are a cohesive unit. And dare I say, this is like the best trilogy that the MCU has and probably the best team, <laughs> you know. Arguably, I I personally will. I don't know. That's I don't know about trilogy. Think if I would have liked two a little bit more, I probably would agree with you. I'll say it's tied. For me, it's tied. The Captain America trilogy will still be my. That'll be my favorite. The first one's still a little slow to get going, but it's yeah. And such are certain origin stories, but. Um, but I mean, Winter Soldier is just so good, and yeah, Civil War is still pretty good. I mean, Civil War is more like um, Avengers 2.0 or 2.5 or something like that. It's more like an Avengers movie than a Captain America movie. It is. Yeah, it is. It is ish, but it's still. I mean, it's still good as far yeah. as team movies go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guardians. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, since Endgame is probably one of the better MC movies we've received since that. Yes. And honestly, this is probably one of the better MCU movies we've had in this phase, to be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just started. <laughs> yeah. So now we got the Marvel. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I mean, think I think that's going to be fun. Good. I think I like it's going it. to be fun. And everybody's going to crap on it because they're like, this is not a Marvel movie. This is just this is stupid. I don't like it. Yeah. It's and got then, girls uh, in it. It's, uh, it's more about the she movement. It's too woke. <laughs> but I think a lot of people that didn't like the first Captain Marvel are still going to yeah. bring over that feeling yeah, to this. Yeah, they're going to because they're not going to hate because they're not going to they're not going to like the Miss Marvel show, which I think was really well done. Yes, and very accessible and great for people like my daughter. Right. It's like the one Marvel movie she would actually that she has actually watched, start to finish, and really enjoyed. 
Yeah. So it's grown men trying to shit on things that maybe just, you know what, believe it or not, may not be for you. Maybe it's maybe this is not designed for you. It's designed for this age group. Exactly. And that's fine. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But then don't go watch it. Exactly. (laughs) You same people that complain to be sitting there watching it. Then afterwards, like, oh, my God, it was the worst thing ever. But you sat through the whole thing. You paid your money. (laughs) Oh, my God. I cannot stand salad. Here, let me eat this salad. Oh, my God. This salad's trash. See what I mean? It's yeah. I don't like salad. I don't eat salad. There we go. Yeah, it's like, but you know, there's always going to be be people that are going to just want to crap on something, just to crap on something. Yeah, because I guess Cause nobody else feel better. They, yeah, because there's not enough people in the world different. to do that. Yeah, yeah they want to be different. Exactly. Everybody loves us. I'm going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. And just get off of it. Yeah. But like what you like, what people like, what they like. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's. I definitely highly recommend to go see this one again, though, if you have, if you do have issues with, uh, animals in distress or, um, animal abuse, then this is probably not going to be for you. We just also in this movie, we get the first F bomb in a MCU. Movie. We do. <laughs> yes, we do. And it I was said, perfect. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. And I go, they even bleep that. They even try to bleep that out. I, and then I got, that is an odd choice to put that there, though. Yeah. All the times they could have probably used it. And you got Samuel Jackson. Most random. <laughs> they used it like the right. And you've got Sam Jackson who's been sitting here. Wait a minute. We've had how many of these Marvel movies? And you're what? This guy dropped one. I better be getting. Yeah. I need some rewrites up in here on the Secret Invasion right now. Yep. Better be rated R so I can just flat fly. <laughs> yep. Sorry, sir. There are no rewrites for Secret Invasion, and we're on a writer strike. Right, but um, so. it was. But, but I watched this twice, and each time that I watched it, that scene came up. Everybody laughed. Like it was just, yeah. it was just, it's just perfect. I mean, I thought it was perfect for the scene and the moment. It's just, I don't know. It just, it just worked for me. Well, yeah, and because we've all been there as parents, <laughs> trying to get our kids in the car. Yes, <laughs> and that's what it was like. It was like. When you're trying, when your kid can't figure out either how to get the car, get in a car, or they're taking too long, and you're like, just get in the fucking car. <laughs> yep. It's like push the button. So it looks like you're pressing the keyhole. Yep. So like, okay, I press it. Now what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, that was great. Just so many, so many good co- comic moments in this. Yes. It's, it's like well balanced. You know, you got some drama because yes. you get the flashback yep. of, of Rocket's life and. Yeah. Like everything leading up to certain things, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. I know, I know, what, I know what they're setting up. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to feel when they get there. And then it happens. I was like, ah, man. And every time I thought something was about to happen, like, oh, that's, uh, it's like, oh, okay, this is it. And then you go, oh, thank God I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's some, oh, some, yeah. some, 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 some moments for, you know, if you're invested in the characters, there's some little tear jerk moments. Oh, there are. It's yes. Ooh. All right, let's move on. Uh, so I watched two weeks ago. I watched because it dropped on Hulu uh, on April twentieth, of course. Mm-hmm. From if you're a fan of the Broken Wizard uh, comedy troupe, then you are well aware of this movie and probably have already watched it as I have. Uh, on who available on Hulu, the movie is called Quasi. Every day is Hump Day. Dun, dun, dun. So, brought to you by the guys from Broken Wizard. Uh, this follows a hapless hunchback who yearns for love but finds himself in the middle of a murderous, murderous feud between the Pope and the King of France when each others uh, when each orders the hunchback to kill the other. There we go. So, this of course stars Jay Changer uh, Seacard, Steve Lemmy, Kevin Heffernan. Paul, Paul Soder and uh, Eric Stohansky with uh, narration by Brian Cox, who was, you know, played the chief in the two Super Troopers movies. So this was directed by Kevin Heffernan and written by Jay Changer Seacar, Kevin Heffernan, basically the entire troop. So every, every uh, 
every actor from the Broken Wizard Troop plays multiple characters in this movie. Okay. So picture like a Mel Brooks movie where Mel Brooks plays two or three roles. So okay. it does help keep the cost down <laughs> as far as budget wise, because, you know, got right. the same actors playing multiple roles. So that helps. Plus, it's kind of fun to watch them play different characters. So, yeah, so Steve Lemmy is the one that plays Quasimodo. Jake Changer, Seacar plays King Guy. Uh, Kevin Hefferman plays Duchamp, who everybody just calls him Duchamp. Anyways, uh, Paul Sutter plays Pope Cornelius, and Eric Stohansky plays Cardinal. And Brian Cox narrates. So, yeah, basically just follows Quasimodo, who's come up with different, who, uh, you know, despite his looks and everything, has basically stays in business by coming up with tor- new torture machines for the king to use. And that's kind of his gig, is coming up with these new things. He goes down, basically, um, like, clocks in for work, goes in. You know, tortures, you know, helps assist in the torturing of subjects and different people. Mm-hmm. And then his best friend, Duchamp, is also there. And uh, they have something kind of like a lottery. And Quasimodo ends up winning it. So the basically what he gets to win is to try and take out the king or take out the pope. And the pope, you know, get conspires with him to try and take out the king because both of them want the power. And he's like cop between the two okay. and he's not sure what to do so it's about trying to figure out how he's going to get himself out of this uh out of this mess with the help of you know a couple of people and unlike that so for me I, I love the super trooper movies because they're relatable to me because they're silly police things that i as you know someone that um <clears throat> would do some of the, well, variations of some of their routines. Um, <laughs> uh, you have your own, you got to make your own fun. Yeah. And, you know, so it was a lot more, so those movies are hilarious from that, and I enjoy those for those reasons. Whereas this movie, it's a little bit harder for me to relate. Kind of like, even Club Dread was, you know, had his charms. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Slam and Salmon, not as much. And... Uh, Super Troopers 2, while still funny, wasn't still not the first one, but still good or still enjoyable for me. This movie, the a lot of the jokes are good. Some of them don't land, I think, as well as they should, I guess. is good. I think if you were to see this live, like if this was like a stage performance, mm-hmm. it would go over a lot better because there would be a different kind of energy there, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think this movie would work really well for like a live event. But as far as like a filmed event, like for a film, it, it, I think some of the jokes don't land as well, but I still enjoyed it. It's just, it's not going to be one I'm going to want to watch over and over again, like the super troopers. But I think they still bring, they still bring their, uh, comedic chops are still really well done. The way they play these characters still well done. They've been wanting to make this movie for over 10 years. I think they actually wrote this movie. Uh, they, I think they actually wrote this movie before they wrote Super Troopers, but Super Troopers is one that got made because it was, I think, uh, at the at the time it was the one that was more marketable, marketable to get made. That studios were more apt to want to make than this one. Right. So they kept reworking or rewriting it, reworking it, trying to trying to. Uh, make improvements on it so they can try and get it, you know, so they could finally get it made. And I think that might be part of the problem too. You know what I mean? Yeah. You keep working on something, working on something, you maybe overdo it. So things that if you would have maybe left some things left alone, they probably would still be funny, but because you keep reworking, keep reworking, you might end up losing some of the humor. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that might be what might have happened. Uh, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, it's still funny. If you like the Broken Wizard guys, you'll still like this. So still worth checking out. So let us know. Let us know what you think if you watched it. Quasi. All right. 
my second entry, I watched Nefarious. This is about maybe a week or so ago. Uh, released April 14th. Uh, has a good runtime of an hour and 37 minutes, so it's not, not too long at all. Uh, directed by uh, Chuck Consulman and Carrie Solomon. And it stars Sean Patrick Flannery, which first time I saw him, anything was the um, Boondock Saints movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. the only thing I've seen him in. <laughs> I think that's most Gen Xers, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, from that, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I recognize that guy. <laughs> uh, but he plays Edward slash Nefarious. Okay. Um, Jordan Belfi plays Dr. James Martin. Uh, Tom Omer plays Warden Moss. Glenn Beck plays himself. Um, Robert Peters plays Dr. Stewart. So basically, for the last six years or so, um, Edward Wayne Brady has been incarcerated for, for murder, for various different murders. And uh-huh. each time he's up for execution, somehow he's able to get out of it. <laughs> and so this time, um, he's saying that he's actually possessed by a demon. And he didn't actually do it. I mean, he did it, but he was under control of some other, some demonic spirit. And yeah. so the the warden thinks he's just doing it to keep himself from being executed. So okay. they, they first bring in Dr. Stewart, who we see at the beginning of the movie, who's about to head out. Uh, he keeps adjusting his picture because it keeps, you know, readjusting itself to be crooked. So then we see him enter the elevator. The next shot from his office is him dropping out the window. <laughs> Basically committed suicide. Oh, okay. So I ended up bringing in another doctor, psychiatrist, Dr. James Martin, to come in and finally just, you know, doc, the, the warden is just like, look, just come in here, sign the paper so we can go ahead and execute this guy. You know, it's been right. six years. Um, we got to quit beating around the bush. But, you know, Dr. Martin is like, no, I still need to do my evaluation, to be fair. You know, everybody deserves yeah. a, the right to, you know. So he goes in to evaluate him and... Basically, at this moment, uh, Brady is under the possession of nefarious. He even tells the doctor, like, I'm, you know, I'm actually nefarious. But then he also says, regardless of how this thing ends up, before you end this, before you leave today, you will have, you will commit three murders of your own, basically. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it's basically just a one-on-one back and forth banter between these two and with, um, Flannery going between being nefarious and being Edward, and there's this distinct difference between the two. You know, um, yeah. nefarious is very confident in the way he speaks, but he kind of has a like a tick with his kind of like how okay. kind of like how um, um, in the Dark Knight how the Joker talks, he kind of licks his lips a lot and squints. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. eye blinking, so it's kind of yeah. kind of looks like he may have used that as a way to differentiate between okay. them. And so then when he's um, Edward, he stutters a lot, doesn't really have a lot of confidence, doesn't really give a lot of eye contact. It's always, you know, like he's disturbed. Yeah. Almost could be, I might want to say autism, but maybe has some kind of yeah, yeah. disorder going on. Yes. And so, even though Nefarious is telling some things to Dr. Martin that he shouldn't know, like he, he brings up um, his mother having passed and that Dr. Martin assisted with that, you know, yeah. assisted with him, you know, that's what his mom wanted. And said, I'm sure the millions of dollars she had helped you make your decision too, right? <laughs> you know, basically saying that that there for him counts as a murder that he committed, even though he may not have, you know, personally done it. He had a hand in it. And then yeah. he brings up the relationship with his girlfriend. And, you know, so I'm sitting there thinking, you know, if I'm a doctor and I'm hearing this, I'm wondering how he knows this stuff. He's been locked up for the past whoever long. And so basically brings up that she's about to go to the doctor to have the baby that she has aborted. And so, you know, he's still not convinced by this, even though through the conversation, the fairy stands up and says, all right, where the countdown is on like five, four, three, two, one, baby's dead. Now he's been accepted by hell basically and whatnot. So this freaks, this does finally freak out the doctor. He makes a phone call to try to talk to his girlfriend but when he calls the clinic, they say that she's already in recovery and it'd be a while before she can talk. And so, you know, she did it, basically. Um, and it's just this real this real intense conversation where you have Edward, Nefarious, and um, just kind of back and forth. 
banter between the both real intense conversations um uh, this, this supposed de- demon is just kind of describing the difference between heaven and hell yeah you know saying how you know because the psychiatrist asked him is heaven and hell a physical place or just you know right. spiritual type thing and he just basically responds yes it's both <laughs> you know and um it's just interesting back and forth banter between the two until we get to the end. Um, and that's basically what it is. It's good, good back and forth between these two actors. Um, it's pretty intense. Um, it's, it's kind of like real, I guess, quiet moments where you can actually just, just, um, I don't know. It's just real kind of, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just very intense between these two. Gotcha. You know? Okay. And um, so it's just basically by the end of this, you're wondering if, the doctor's going to be the um, figure that, yeah, he's possessed by a demon, so execute him, or no, he's insane, so he's just going to rot in jail. <laughs> you know, gotcha. like, which, one of, which one of these decisions will he make? Because even he tells him, like, you know, I, I, I control whether you live or die. So it all depends on what you're saying, what you tell me in my evaluation. So, you know, to, okay. and it happens to be that Dr. Martin's atheist, so of course he doesn't believe any of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so he's just strictly going on his being a psychiatrist, the book smarts, basically. Yeah. And um, which I thought was pretty decent. It's it's I think it was in theater maybe two or three weeks. Then it got pulled. So hopefully if it pops up on a streaming service, it's, I think it's one. Yeah. Worth. I think it's still according to Regal, it's still playing. OK. So I think it's probably got like one or two times, but it's uh, I think it's still playing, though. Okay. Yep. Uh, Yeah. It's got three times, so afternoon and evening. Cool. Yeah, you can catch it in theaters. You know, it's not going to stay with you long. It's like 90 minutes. <laughs> yep. And then the real kind of a freaky thing, I stayed through the credits. Like, there's no post credits or anything, but I stayed through. Mm-hmm. And so as it got to the end, I started looking, make sure I didn't drop anything in the seats and had my back to the screen. And then there's some words quoted from that's early in the movie that gets spoken. It's like a real dark, growly voice. Uh huh. And um, and it actually says more things. I was like, I had this weird feeling. <laughs> kind of like, let me get out of here. <laughs> let me get me get out of here. Um, yeah, it was it was a weird kind of sensation that flowed through my body hearing those words in the dark, and I was only one in the theater. <laughs> so <laughs> everything else I watched was cool, but once it got to that, I was just like. Yeah. All right. I love and when it. I was and when I was leaving, that, it was actually it was like me and two other people that sat close. But by when that point happened, everybody's left. Shit, they were gone. And so when I was leaving around at the corner to make my exit, and one of the people was coming back, cause they thought they dropped something, but he just kind of yeah. popped up. I'm like, the hell, man. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. I had to laugh it off. I'm like, God, it's time for me to go home. <laughs> Right. It was like, yep, oh, and sleeping should be easy tonight. Yeah. I think I stayed up to like three. Oh, <laughs> I bet that. you did. I bet you was, did. It was over about 1130 and I got home close to 12 and I didn't go sleep Is, for like three. I you're just, like, I need a all right, palate cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so that'd be so one of those watched. things I put like, I put like Clue or something funny on three yeah. amigos. Just something, yeah, put some sort of palate cleanser. I just went to YouTube, put on my favorite video game um, okay. content, just because yeah. they're, they're pretty funny in what they do. So I just yeah. put that on, and there you eventually go. I f- fell asleep. <laughs> so you heard it here first, Patrick recommends Nefarious, if you don't feel like sleeping. <laughs> just, <laughs> but it if you go to the theater, leave when the credits start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gone good. <laughs> so I don't know if something entered my body or left my body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends on what you ate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh goodness, that's funny. Um, let's see. We have it's like Hypnotic Fool's Paradise Book Club, the next chapter, Rally Road Racers, Knights of the Zodiac, and looks like a Black Blackberry. Uh, all come out this week. Yep. Blackberry being the story of said phone. It's kind of a light week. Yep. And then uh, TV. Uh, season four, episode 11 of Titans. It's really good. Uh, 
finally got to see Tim Drake Robin suit up mm-hmm. and Jason Todd makes a reappearance. That's a nice, nice little five, 10 minute scene there. I really enjoyed. And then, um, so that should be wrapping that episode season. And I believe series in general should be wrapping up next week or this week, which however you want to call it Thursday. There we go. Thursday wraps up Thursday. Okay. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how they decide to close it out. Yeah. Um, and then the latest episode of the Apple TV's Plus show I started talking about last week uh, with Jennifer Gardner called The Last Thing He Told Me. It's getting really good. The mystery continues. There's a lot of twists and turns and things you, you – a lot of information gets explained and then new mysteries pop up and then – Yeah. And cliffhangers and whatnot. It's, it's definitely if you like little uh, following the breadcrumbs of a mystery, it's pretty good. Oh, and I forgot I watched that last night too. On uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. The uh, also on Apple TV Plus, the new show Silo started. So it's about a community that lives in this giant, not like a farm silo, but basically a big round thing that is. You know, like in the post-apocalyptic world type of thing. But there's, in addition to that, there's also a lot of secrets that are kept about the before times, as they like to call it, because they've been down there for over 100 plus years. And, you know, you follow the rules or you don't ask questions. If you do, then, you know, you may be asked to go clean the outside. Basically go clean because they have like a window that you can see to the outside and might be sent out to go clean, so to speak. So, but there's a lot of mystery wrapped in there. It's great cast. Um, and again, another some more breadcrumbs trying to figure out the before times and what why everybody's down there in the first place. So, very interesting, very intriguing. Um, halfway through the first episode, I'm like, I feel like I've seen this show, which I probably have. Yeah. Towards the end, you're like, okay, I need to see the next episode. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they'd still get you. Yeah. But, okay. And then second episode is also out and it's, you're like, all right, I'm still, all right, I'm going to stick with, I was like, all right, I'll stick with this. I want to see where this goes now. Cool. But about, you know, first half, I was like, eh. Finish, finish strong enough where it hooked you. Yeah, strong enough to where I'm like, all right, I'll come back. Fine. Now I got to find out what goes on. And then second one was a lot stronger, I feel like. It was a good episode, right to me. I was just giving it a good and all that. Uh also on HBO Max, we have, I think it's just called The Plumbers, but yep, White House Plumbers. They're a new series with uh, Justin Theroux and Woody Harrelson. It's a five-part series that tells the true story of how, well, we'll say based on a true story, of how Nixon's own political saboteurs and Watergate masterminds, E. Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Woody, accidentally toppled the presidency they were trying to protect. So uh, Woody Harrelson plays E. Howard Hunt and and Justin Thoreau plays G. Gordon Woody. This movie or this sorry, this miniseries, we'll call it, is a lot funnier than you would expect it to be. It, they're not playing it. It's not played like a straight drama. It's drama, but it's got they're kind, they're kind of idiots. I mean, and it just kind of shows how what kind of idiots they are. And just the stupid bumbling things that happen throughout their throughout the show. I was like, oh, okay. Because I thought the tone would be a little different. But I really like what they're doing with it. So I'm definitely going to stick with it. The first episode is out on HBO Plus. Or HBO Max. Sorry. Soon to be Max. <laughs> Soon to be. But <laughs> as of right now, it's not. So till then. But yeah, definitely. I would definitely check that out if you have that streaming service for access to that's all i got um i haven't watched too much i did get kept caught up on the that series called from which is on mm-hmm. mgm plus you can either subscribe to that or one of the channels through amazon prime so the end of the first season they had this big busload of people arrive so you got more people trapped in this town um, and the sheriff of the town has kind of gone on a journey to try to figure out a way to get them off or out of this place. 
And they built this tower to try to communicate with the outside world. Of course, things with that don't go too well. And they, it's, it's just, it's kind of, even though I haven't watched Lost, it feels like it's kind of like that. Where yeah. They're stuck in this place and trying to figure out a way out. And everything they do just makes things worse sometimes. Yeah. But um, so far, it's been a pretty good, pretty good watch. And season two has been pretty good so far as well. And um, each episode appears to be like highly rated. Um, although the the one that aired last night that I haven't watched yet has mm-hmm. the lowest rating of a six point eight, which doesn't necessarily mean anything, but that's, right. like, the, that's like the lowest number I've seen. Um, and then I also watched some wrestling. They had a pay per view, oh, okay. yeah. uh, WWE Backlash. I didn't get to watch. I think I missed the first, maybe the first match. Um, but everything else was pretty solid. Um, they were in Puerto Rico. So, have you heard the artist Bad Bunny? Yes. Have you heard that? Because he's in. Oh, he, yes, because he's also in uh, Bullet Train. Oh yeah, that. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Um, but he he had a match in this in this on this okay. which he's he's wrestled before. He actually teamed up at some point with his opponent, and then he appeared in the uh, Royal Rumble a couple times. Okay. But this match, he had like a street fight with Damian Priest, and he did not disappoint. It's kind of like Logan Paul. Like it seemed like they have their. This is kind of their thing, you know. They even yeah. though they, you know, he's he's an artist, you know, he's, right. he sings, but he's probably one of the better celebrity wrestlers, you know, celebrities that have come in to wrestle that's doing well. <laughs> he right. Hit, he had some moves. He even they even had a spot where he got put through a table. <laughs> And I was like, man, I wonder if it's how his team felt about that. Because <laughs> he's also, I think he's right. currently on tour. Also, oh, wow. he was at the Met yeah. Gala and he performed, had yeah. a show. But um, the, the crowd in Puerto Rico, like they they were into it. Every oh, yeah. match. Heck yeah. They were, they were loving it. Um, isn't, he, isn't he from there? Yeah. Or is he Dominican? Okay, I can't remember. They, yeah. I know, the, I know the wrestler he wrestled is, it was born in Puerto Rico. Okay. Then um, there's another wrestler, uh, Zelina Vega, who's, all, who's also f- from there. She got a good reaction from the crowd, even though she didn't win. You know, she kind of yeah. she got to have her moment because her dream was to perform, yeah, uh, do her do what she loves in front of a crowd there and her family. So she got to do That's that. Awesome. Um, which I feel like the Bad Bunny match should have been the the main event, like the actual last match because it was just great. But the main event was Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, and that that yeah. match was surprising. I mean, basically every match that I watched was good, considering how things went after WrestleMania. Yeah. Things weren't so great, but this pay per view was pretty solid. The crowd pretty much makes, you know, we don't have when the crowd doesn't respond to what you're doing, it kind of yeah ruins the experience. So this crowd helped a lot, and then the matches were good also. But it ended with Cody Rhodes winning by pinning Brock Lesnar while he had him in a submission move. But then Brock Lesnar got busted open. You don't see that often in, in wrestling, but I mean, he was actually gushing blood, <laughs> like it was dripping. Oh wow! And um. But yeah, it was it was a good experience. I hadn't watched anything in the last month, so this was a good first experience back at it. So hopefully I can continue it, and hopefully Mr. McMahon stays out of creative and lets Triple H do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so you brought up uh, MGM Plus, which popped in my head something I also had watched on MGM Plus, which, which was there's a docuseries on there about Everybody knows about the Amityville horror, the house and everything. There's a documentary about it, about uh, where they interview people, family members, uh, people that live there, all that stuff. Yeah. Then they have like actual like footage and stuff like that from uh, during that time. So it's a great documentary. Right now, the fourth episode just came out this week. I don't know how many episodes are supposed to be in it, but it's pretty solid so far. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm digging it. So, anyways, uh, I wanted to bring that up too. It's very interesting. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely would recommend. So, if you're into that story or curious about it, so it's definitely worth a watch. All right, I think I'm it. I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm. I, haven't, I mean, I've watched some older movies that may pop up yeah. later on, if depending on yeah. what I, you know, might I might pull one out for this week because it's not a lot coming out this week so that but um yeah for us at least same yep okay um cool man yeah that's all i got cool beans 
All right. Well, uh, yeah. Hope everybody has an amazing uh, second week of May. Keep rocking out. And we will be back next week with some more great movie talk. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.